Welcome to the Pandemic Pause version of NetFront Presence. I'm here with Jim Thomas, safely back from Canada, and Tom Timmerman in the STL. Well, let's start with you, JT. You, you got out of Canada and crossed the border and made it home for the holidays. And boy, the NHL season looking very uncertain. And of course, the Olympics very certainly out of the way. Uh, what a mess the NHL faces right now, JT. Yeah, and boy, it, it, it happened pretty quickly. I, I would say maybe, what, about three, two, three weeks, and woof, we're, it's, it's, uh, we're kind of back to, uh, to last year in terms, of the, uh, in terms of the league. And, you know, so, so they, they break early for Christmas. I, I don't know if that's really going to solve uh, anything. Or when, it, when it comes down to it, it's just one extra day of a, of a break because they're, they're coming back a day early to practice. So, uh, it's a, it's a strange, uh, strange world we're living in. And especially if you're a hockey player, because, uh, uh, you know, I don't think anybody knows how this is going to end up in terms of the, in terms of the hockey season. Yeah. I think the, I think the one for one cause for optimism is that so many players have had it. For instance, Calgary, you would think should be good for the rest of the season because the whole team's had it by now. Um, and so that could be, uh, you know, that if it, it may have peaked uh, to that extent, but yeah, you know, even a one day or two day pause um, is enough to make you think, yeah, you know, the last time we did this, it didn't work out so well. Uh, but um, yeah, that would be the hope that just that so many people have it, that there is a herd immunity or there's no one left to get it. Well, JT, uh, eventually we're going to move to, uh, you know, what the NFL is pushing. And I think you just what, we're going to see in life in general, whether you're in a factory, a warehouse, a newspaper office, whatever the, um, you know, at some point we're going to get to the, reach the stage where sick players will sit and, and, and healthy players that regard, you know, who hopefully aren't tested every 10 seconds uh, will play. And, but unfortunately, I mean, that makes sense at some point, uh, especially as herd immunity and vaccinations and all that, uh, you know, hold against the, this variant, but, the, the complicating factor for the NHL is that Canada just doesn't see it that way. I mean, the U S is probably going to take a more liberal view of um, allowing people to work and, you know, testing and, and recovery time and, and so forth, but boy, uh, Canada's not. So JT, what happens with the NHL? How do they solve this? They have a problem. The NFL does not have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's an easy answer there. It, it is uh, it is tough to get into Canada. It's tough to get out of Canada, and uh, uh, you know, I, I had to get uh, just for the, the this uh, Canadian trip. You know, tested before you go in, when when you leave, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's an easy way uh, an easy way out of it. And uh, we, you know, we got a lot of we got a lot of hockey left. I mean, uh, you know, if they plan on playing 82 games, you know, you get, most teams have around 30 games in, so you got you got 50 games, you got, uh, you got playoffs. I, I think, uh, the, uh, the NFL version is, is probably the way sports will go. Of course, it's the way, basically the way the NBA started, uh, this season. And, uh, you're just going to have to, you know, learn to, uh, live with, uh, with, with COVID in our lives, kind of like, you know, maybe like the, 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 the flu, where uh, some people are going to get it bad, but you take all the precautions you can. You 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 take all the the 
the uh, the shots, or I guess now there's maybe a COVID pill that's coming out. You can and and you you just try to live with it because it, it doesn't seem like it's going to go away in our lifetimes. Yeah, I was just looking at the schedule. I mean, the Blues have eight games still in Canada. They they go to Vancouver and Calgary twice. Uh, those the Eastern Canada games they lost on this trip plus a trip to Van, uh, trip to Montreal. Yes, they're done with Winnipeg. So if the Canadian border is closed. And if it reverts to some sort of, you know, like last year where the Canadian teams are separate, that's going to be a factor. The Blues are going to have to pick up some games uh, there. Or do they, you know, create some sort of bubble where those teams, because they talked about it last time around where, you know, if the teams could come into Canada, but only, you know, gets, go specifically to games and not interact anywhere else, does it, does, can they create something like that? But that, if, if Canada tightens up, that's going to really complicate matters. Well, let's get to the, the hockey portion of this because we really don't know how it's going to play. I mean, at least coming back on Monday and they got cross-border games right away. And plus, there's going to be a bunch of guys testing positive coming out of the holidays. So the league's not going to be in a whole lot better shape on Monday than it was, <laughs> was last Monday. Uh, Gary Bevin's dreaming if he thinks otherwise. So. Setting that aside, JT, the Blues were starting to get um, much closer to, to full strength. You know, you're never going to be completely healthy in the NHL, but uh, they were trending the right direction while some other teams were, were really starting to go the wrong way between the COVID and the injury recoveries. Um, in practice, the starting to, Blues are starting to look more like uh, the original Blues this season. Yeah, uh, there, there are about four or five players that were on the injury list that are that are that are coming back and and. Uh, uh, the that extra practice uh, that they they had when they were, they were supposed to be in Ottawa it kind of showed what uh, what uh, uh, Baruby had in mind for the lines. Now they, they didn't do formal line rushes, but they ran some drills where they they had lines out there, and he had uh, us uh, Perron with O'Reilly and and Sod, and it, it dropped uh, Brown down to what I guess would be a third line with uh, uh, Logan Brown uh, Thomas. And and Cairo, obviously the the Russian line uh, stayed together. So uh, kind of went back to how we felt uh, earlier times in the in in the season when they were healthier. Uh, you know, when they when they have all the guys there, the the lines look pretty good. And and so I I think uh, uh, some of those guys would would have played. Uh, Baruby said so. Uh, it would have played in the uh, uh, Canadian trip. We'd be uh, I guess we'd be. Uh, about three hours away from uh, three and a half hours away as we, we taped this net front from the uh, uh, Toronto game. So uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're getting healthier for now. It leads to the question of uh, the age old question of what decisions do they make when, when everybody's uh, back, but we haven't gotten to that point yet. I, I believe it was the day of the Detroit game. That's when Shen came back and, the, the Detroit game before Thanksgiving. And finally, the whole roster is intact. They step out for the morning skate. James Neal tweets something. And no, they don't, they don't have a full roster. Yeah. Um, you know, you, and, we're, and we were so classically getting ahead of ourselves that we say what happens. But you got to think Logan Brown has made a case for staying around. He's gonna, he could be the one guy from this who sticks on sticks around, especially since he has to, would have to go through waivers going back down. So, uh, you know, if they have to create a spot for Logan Brown in a perfectly healthy world, what does that say? 
it's possible we never see a perfectly healthy world with this team this season. But uh, I mean, Logan Brown has, has reached out here and is, you know, I mean, good. I mean, obviously not a great player, but he's, he's been pretty good and has helped him out. So I think that's something, um, you know, as they as this team comes together is where does Logan Brown fit in? Yeah, JT, I mean, you look at uh, that picture. I mean, in, in today's COVID world and injury world, uh, Logan Brown does not get through waivers. I mean, teams are desperate for players. They're, they're grabbing guys off the waiver wire, and that's going to continue. So nobody who can play is, is going to get through waivers, I don't think. And Brown, with his pedigree, the skill level, you know, there's something there. I think he's starting to enter into the Zach Sanford territory, JT, where you're seeing it. <laughs> uh, he's got some size. He's got some skill. He may be a nice third-line slot. But, JT, the question now is opportunities here. Uh, can he keep the skates moving and avoid the fate of Zach Sanford, who could never quite get to that next level? Yeah, yeah. And 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 good hands. Good hands like uh, Zach Sanford. I've, I've thought of that uh, that comparison. We, we haven't seen, and uh, God bless you, Zach, we haven't seen any of the bonehead plays uh, from, uh, from uh, Brown yet. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think he, he could be in that territory. And, and the, the Zach Sanford that, that, that we saw before he left was a guy that, you know, 10, 12, uh, 15 goals a season, uh, uh, a handy guy to have. I think, uh, I think Brown might be a little bit more physical than uh, – uh, than Sanford, but yeah, he's proved to be a, uh, to be a, a, a handy guy. Uh, that's, that, that's, that's for sure. I, I, I think there's 27 guys, not, not, I think I've counted a few times, there's 27 guys kind of on the varsity now counting all the injured guys. So four guys have to go to get them down to 23. Now you have three goalies, obviously. So one goalie will go and I guess, we, we believe it's Len Grimm. Maybe they string it out. Maybe they send Huso down for a conditioning uh, assignment. I, I, I get the sense Huso's not quite ready. But then, you know, you have you have James Neal. Uh, you send Dakota Joshua down, who's played so well this time. Uh, Nathan Walker. Uh, that could get you to uh, to 23 right there. But, uh, you know, it's a tough, tough decisions for them. But I, I agree with you guys. I think uh, – I think Logan Brown has uh, has uh, earned his way on the roster, and I didn't think this before, but I think it now. I think if he went through waivers, somebody would claim him. Yeah, he got through before and during preseason when they sent him down. Yeah, and and you look at that and you think James Neal is the is he the you know who doesn't project into the long term Blues plans? It, does that make him the more expendable guy because you need to create a roster spot? Here's a guy that you don't think is going to be with the team past this season while the other guys might. So to that extent, you know, is he the guy that you would look to, to move uh, just on a practical asset management uh, thing? But we also don't know how long his injury is going to carry on. I mean, it, we, it looked like he was going to come back and then he's not. And uh, right now, there's certainly no reason for the Blues to rush him back. I'm st starting to get some Scotty Upshaw flashbacks here. Type of player. <laughs> starting to get those flashbacks. Well, JT, one of the one of the good problems uh, that have been that's been created for uh, the chief as he tries to sort through things is um, a frequent topic on the net front. Ivan Barbashev. You know, they're just playing so well, the Russian unit, and he is being so productive at a level that uh, could not have been anticipated um, offensively because it's just working so well. Be well because he's playing up consistently well 
and not just playing up here or there, man, that, that, that creates some interesting options. You know, we're, we're looking at a lineup that you know, hasn't had Braden Shen that's just trying to reassemble that third group with Thomas and Cairo. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice problem to have all of this offense potentially. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it sure is. And, and you got to think that sooner or later uh, that O'Reilly line will, will get going, especially with, with Perron. Saad has been a player who uh, he'll have four or five games where he's scoring like crazy and then four or five games where he goes dry. And, 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 and that's, it's, it's, it's been a pattern now with him, but he's still right up there with 11 goals. So you get Perron back with O'Reilly. That, that line has to get going. I I think that because Barbashev's playing so well, I mean, you had, you've had Thomas with Tarasenko and, and some form of left winger most of the season, but you gotta, you, you've gotta keep Barbashev uh, uh, with uh, uh, the, the other, uh, the, the other two Russians because they've been so good. So what do you do with Thomas when you go back, when, when you come back and we, we saw a peak of it in, in, in practice uh, uh, Monday uh, with Cairo. And, and Logan Brown, but uh, yeah, that, that, that raises the question like center wise. Okay. When you get Sunquist back, when you get Shen back, where do you put uh, those two guys? Again, it's, it's a problem that we don't have to worry about now. Shen is not, is not practicing at all. Uh, Sunquist benefits from this little break because he'll, I think uh, he, he may, I think the 10th day would be uh, would be New Jersey for him. And so he, 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 he would be eligible to come off the COVID list, uh, uh, pretty quick, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you, I don't think you move Barbashev, uh, away from the Russians right now. Yeah. Certainly the best thing we've seen of Ivan Barbashev over his, uh, over his career. I mean, it's just, you know, that, that line has, um, energized him and he was already an energy guy, but he, that, that line has really helped and brought out uh, the best in him. And he's going to, have career highs and all sorts of numbers uh, by the time this season is done. What are you seeing from the, in the, on the defensive side of things? Um, you know, there are a couple of mishaps against the wild, but uh, generally speaking, Colton Franco has been uh, a better player. Uh, it looks like he may have his partner. It looks like the pieces may be uh, falling together in a somewhat sensible fashion. JT, do you get a, you get the sense that uh, that some order has been restored on the blue line now? It's been a it's been a bit of a rough go, and we've talked a lot about Marco Scandella being in the middle of that roughness. But uh, what's your take on where the, the D line is? Well, with Scandella on the third line, that kind of you know limits his exposure. He's not he's not playing uh, you know against the top lines. He's still a, a pretty uh, pretty effective penalty uh, killer, and that 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 PK unit has really come alive the last seven eight games. Uh, you know, we've talked about Mikola before. If if you need a top four defenseman, he's kind of auditioning for that. If you think he he is a top four defenseman, and you're uh, you're Doug Armstrong, maybe you don't you, you don't make a move. And uh, boy, Mikola has really been an eye opener, as you say. Pareko has uh, uh, you know he had a bumpy play or two uh, uh, up up against the Jets, but he he looks like he snapped out of snapped out of his uh, funk. I guess just kind of as the defense turn, though, there, there's always something. And now the question is Perunovic. What's going on with Scott Perunovic? Okay, he's he's sick, non-COVID illness. He misses a game. The uh, the team plays very well without him and, and wins. 
like most coaches, you 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 uh, Baruby doesn't change the uh, the lineup the next game, so Perun Perunovic is a healthy scratch. Then he comes back in an eleven seven format uh, against Winnipeg and plays only eight thirty eight his his uh, his lowest total since coming up. Uh, he makes a bad defensive uh, decision that leads to a goal. That, uh, talking of the goal, uh, uh, I think it might have been. Uh, uh, was it Shifley or uh, no, it might've been the Nikolai uh, uh, Ehlers goal. Uh, he, he goes behind, Perunovic goes behind the net and Pareko already had the guy. So he goes behind the net to, to, to get the passer and, and leaves the space open. And I think Barubi has been slow to critique Perunovic, but I think more and more he's saying, Hey, he's gotta, he's gotta get better on the defense. So that, that's, that's kind of the, to me, the biggest question on the defense is, is what do you do with uh, with uh, Scotty there? Yeah, Perunovic's five on five offense has, has been a bit lacking. He's been fine on the power play that that's worked out well, but I think five on five he really hasn't contributed uh, as much as they'd like to see there. And obviously the defense is going to be um, what defines him. Um, you know, defensively the Blues. You know, you look at the at the the charts and the the heat maps. There's a, still a lot of shots, not necessarily right in front of the net, but in the in the slot. There's still a lot of space that they're giving up there um, that um, is prime scoring position for opponents. So that's something uh, to look at going forward. Yeah, I had uh, the, the Wild on the mind thinking of the uh, the Jets uh, game, and I'll talk about the Wild in a minute. But uh, Mark Shifley, speaking of being right in front of the net, should have had like six goals in that game, JT. Um, he's still shaking his head. Yeah, that could have really been ugly. They, you talk about opportunities that were hopping over sticks or being whiffed on right around the goal. Um, I'm sure the chief found plenty of stuff in that particular game to, uh, to bring up with the group. Yeah. It, it, it's weird. It's almost like they reverted to their pre uh, uh, Chuck Lindgren, uh, Ville Husso style where, where they, they make uh, just enough uh, dumb plays and mistakes to, uh, to give the other team a lot of possibilities. We, we didn't see that. Uh, for four, five, six, seven games with uh, Husso and Lindgren, and it raises the age-old question: Oh, they play harder for Lindgren or, or Husso, or they relax more when Bennington's in there. And I, you know, I mean, it's just kind of a one-game sample size. But that that looked a uh, that looked a lot like the Blues to me uh, uh, that were playing before that. Uh, I guess I think it was a seven-win, one-loss, three-three tie uh, uh, stretch that they had. It, it kind of looked like uh, those Blues and. Those Blues uh, were a frustrating team to watch. Yeah, I had to think if there was ever a game this season that you are going to be distracted. It had to be that first game in Winnipeg. I mean, the guys were going up there, and you got to be thinking, if I test positive here, I'm here till the end of time in, in Canada. <laughs> you know, I'm not playing in the Winter Classic. I'm not, you know, coming home with the family for Christmas. Not a good situation. So if there's ever a time you're going to be, I think, distracted, uh, that game uh, was going to be one of them. And why, why, if you're Canada, though, would you would you schedule any cross-border games around the holidays, uh, you know, if you're the NHL, uh, knowing that that might happen? I I think the NHL and Bill Daly, would, uh, when I communicated with him for that COVID story, wrote, he kind of admitted they, they underestimated uh, maybe or didn't anticipate as much problems with, with COVID. But why, why would you even flirt with that, knowing what the, the border conditions? Just don't schedule any cross-border games at that time or – as few as you can. Well, some of the some of the stories about guys having to trying to find their way back home 
after getting caught in quarantine situations, whether it's in the NHL or the AHL because of the, Can the Canadian complication, were pretty astounding, some of the things that people had to go through. Just, to, you know, it's insane. And But, you know, this is the, the world we're in. And, and then speaking of, uh, again, the big showcase game, the Winter Classic and the Wild, you know, they're a team, and I'm trying to look at the uh, – took a look at the Western Conference at the pause, and maybe the team that strikes me as uh, – the biggest surprise, but also the team that could take the hardest fall uh, in the last 50-ish games is the Minnesota Wild. They certainly didn't go into the pause playing very well. Um, I, I can't figure out how that team does it. And then and Joel Erickson, that gets racked up pretty good in that last game. And they don't really have a number one center. They got a superstar on the wing. They've got a pretty solid D. They're getting pretty good goaltending from Talbot. But when I'm, when I'm looking at the division, I see, okay, Colorado's just – outstanding having dealt with a bunch of injuries they, they're just really just keep going after that you know nashville's been a pleasant surprise the, the blues have kind of pushed themselves back into the mix the wild to me i'm scratching my head thinking how are they going to keep this thing going and of course it's going to be a big focal point if they get to play that game uh, that team but jt how are the how has uh, you know dean evison and and bill garen uh, put this team on the ice to to play the way it has yeah you know I thought the same thing last year too. Remember they, they had a fantastic record last year. Like how are these guys doing? Okay. Caprice off of what, what a talent they've got some big guys, uh, Greenway and those guys that can, you know, I remember one of the games in Minnesota last year, uh, that, that line, they, they just pounded the blues and the blues ended up winning that game, but <laughs> excuse me, not COVID just a cough guys. They, they, uh, 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 they pounded them, but still, uh, yeah, how are they doing it? And I, I don't know what, maybe we, we see them coming back to, to earth a little bit. The, the blues certainly, uh, last year when the blues were like five, one and two again, the blues certainly had no problem with them, but I, I, I don't see them having staying power, but then again, uh, guys, I, I, I thought that last year and then they were, you know, pretty high up in the standings at, at, at the end. Yeah. Certainly the, you know, the COVID outages are one thing, but that's 10 days. They've got injuries that are going to carry on possibly a little longer. You know, power play not been good for that team uh, this year, and that's been a problem. They're not generating a lot uh, off of that, and um, that's a big opportunity for them. Now, look around. I see teams I, I scratched my head at. You guys got a good look at the Dallas Stars, and to me, that's one of the many teams in the Western Conference that's sort of caught in between. You know, they're caught in between having some guys that they've had for a while that are making a lot of money, having some good young players who certainly they can build around. Uh, in the case of the Dallas Stars, you know, Ruben Hintz is going to be a heck of a player, is a heck of a player. Robertson's a heck of a player. They've got some, you know, Heisken and a hell of a player. But um, they've also got stuck with some guys. And, you know, Ben and, and Sagan. And so I, I look at, uh, like, Dallas, and then I look over in the West. I see San Jose caught in between. I see the uh, the Kings caught in between, some good young players and some high-paid veterans. I see Chicago still caught in between. So I look at the Western Conference, and then I'll go to Nashville. They're hanging in there now, but, man, they're paying Duchenne and Johansson a lot of money. And, um, I, you know, it, it's – I don't mind where the Blues are. I still think this is a Vegas-Colorado conference. But beyond that – Man, it's um, there, there are some teams that have just kind of fallen to a muddled place right now. That's that's uh, just a terrible place to be too. That caught in between land, and uh, Dallas certainly is there. Uh, is there, you know, Sagan and Ben just aren't what they they used to be. Their the defense is still very very good. Their their blue line core is uh, is really uh, 
is really high end, but they're just not going to score many goals when, when you, when you, uh, 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 when you play those guys. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, it still is not, nothing's changed. It's still a Colorado and, and Vegas conference. I, I got to tell you those, we, we sit here now compared to the uh, West, the, the East just looks stacked at the, at the top with, with, uh, you know, Caroline and Florida coming on and Tampa Bay showing no signs of uh, 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 be, being anything less than a team that could win three in a row. And, and uh, you know, Toronto, of course, Toronto, we, we always withhold judgment to the, to the playoffs. I, I don't know. Did do, do, do any in the, in the West, do any of you guys have any faith in like that? This is finally the year for Edmonton. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I have to see it before I believe it. Yeah. I, yeah. It would be great to see it because it'd be great to see that talent in the playoffs. And in that situation, you'd love to, to see those guys go at it. Um, you know, it, but who knows how this season plays out, especially with, with them being a Canadian team. Um, so I, I want to believe in Edmonton, uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, we were, it remains to be seen, but I, they've certainly have the potential there. And another, uh, I, had, I talked at a, during one of the intermissions when Dallas was in town, I had a long talk with, uh, with Ben Bishop, who uh, plans on moving back to St. Louis. Um, once, uh, you know, now that his career is over, he's already got a house and uh, is looking on uh, coming back to St. Louis. Oh, that's good. Cause the, uh... Well, one, we all know where he'll hang out. He's going to have a favorite restaurant, but uh, great to have the grandkids back in town and such for the family. So that's, and, and you know, what a great story of perseverance to, to get to the level that he got to. And then the perseverance to keep trying, God bless him. There aren't, haven't been too many guys that have persisted uh, more than Ben Bishop to make it and to, to try to keep going through some really tough injuries. And you're looking elsewhere in the conference, like, okay, here's the thing with, Here's the thing about it. I'm going to get a little rant here, okay? Here's the thing about Edmonton. Uh, Ken Holland's a moron, the general manager. <laughs> I mean, the guy's an idiot. He left a gigantic mess in Detroit of just horrible contracts. So he goes to Edmonton, and he has got, you know, he's got – I mean, it's just a mess. He, he's, he's not good in goal. And Mike Smith's uh, 106 years old and is on one leg. Maybe he plays down the stretch. He needs a goaltender. He's stuck with two goaltenders. Uh, one that's hurt and one that's an overpaid backup. His defensive core, you know, it's a mess. I mean, he's got a uh, nurse is a beast. Okay. Darnell nurse is a beast, but my God, and he's taken, you know, they've had some bad luck, but still, and there's an offensive depth issue. I mean, it's just, he is not that good of a hockey guy. I mean, he, you know, 15 years ago, they were rocking and rolling with their European scouts, man. You look at the, you look at the end of his time in Detroit, into the messy left Iserman, and you look at his time in Edmonton, where he's now he's squandering Drysaddle and McDavid. I'm sorry, I don't see it. You know, some of these guys, I, I, I but I used to rant about Glenn Sather this way. He rode the whole Messier-Gretzky thing to a long career of most mostly high level incompetence. But anyways, <laughs> enough of that. Um, I will give a kind shout of, out. Kind of a calm uh, Gardo rant, though. That's so. And, and yeah, you, I mean, gave just, a, I, you gave us advance warning. I just shook my shake my head. I mean, they just they had a tough stretch here. They're not that good. And you look yeah, at I'm not yeah. sure about Calgary, but Daryl Sutter's a good coach. And so maybe they're, they're, there's buying. Maybe the Blues could trade like Charlie Lindgren for uh, for Nurse. Or, <laughs> I kid, I joke. That would, but that would, that would be that would be nice. You know, I I would show up at these NFL meetings uh, once or twice a year and see the team owners, and I would say to myself, How in the heck did these guys get rich? 
And I think Gardo, you're wondering how in the heck did he become a general manager in the, in the NHL? Well, look, you know, and Tom, he had great success. There's no, no, I mean, look, mm -hmm. Detroit had a heck of a run and I'll give a ton of credit to the whole operation. And so he gets credit for that, for having a great operation. But we know once they lost their edge in European scouting and this guy, mm -hmm. there wasn't, if, if he had one guy, Hey, let's make Darren Helm rich. Hey, let's make Justin <laughs> uh, Applicator rich. Why? Why? Well, let's give them a hundred years on their contract too. Oh, well, anyways, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> Tom, I want to give a shout out to a positive note. Bruce Boudreaux, one of the good guys yeah. in hockey, goes to Vancouver and now he's he's patting uh, Pedersen on the back. He's 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 giving um, a, a gentle nudge to Brock Besser and they're they're winning hockey games. You know, it, it's the kind of thing you would expect if they had like made large scale talent changes, but they just changed the coach. They brought in Boudreaux and instantly the team becomes successful, and I, that's been kind of a hallmark for him. Uh, throughout so yeah you, you you know when the blues lost to vancouver in the playoffs that year it was like gee you know what what can vancouver do and then they didn't uh but now but now they are and now uh you know they can you can move in that division so uh well that's it's and it's good to see and bruce is a good guy and uh genial and, and good to be around you know and gm jim benning made some good moves by dumping some just god-awful contracts that were his fault on um on arizona which is a whole other story, just a sad, sad story. And had he made a coaching change sooner, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, he, he, you know, he, this team could end up being a pretty good team and without making those changes. And meanwhile, Jim Rutherford's looking for a GM and, uh, you know, and Jim Benning is, uh, is out of work. So to sum up the Western Conference, way I see it, guys, um, got, love Anaheim, uh, Zegris and Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Zegris, Jamie Drysdale, good building blocks. They're on their way. Uh, they've got enough. They've, they've reached some critical mass of young talent. They've still got some cleanup to do on the roster, which they'll do. Um, Vancouver's got a chance. Uh, Calgary's got a chance. Vegas is very good. No faith in Edmonton. San Jose caught in between. L.A. caught in between. And in this division, again, going back, obviously Colorado's outstanding. Still trying to figure out all the rest of the teams. I mean, Winnipeg has to change coaches. That's a talented team. They look like it against the Blues. But, I mean, I look at the whole division, I'm just like, eh. I mean, JT, do you have any forecasts for, for how this particular division shakes out over the last 50? What's that, the uh, the Pacific or, or the Central? The, the Central. Now, how does the Central? Yeah. I think we have a pretty good idea of where the Pacific is going. But, you know, I, man, I'm still waiting for Nashville to, to stumble and, and for, for uh, Minnesota to stumble and for Winnipeg to play better, frankly. Yeah, uh, not that the Central's terrible, but, you know, like we said earlier, I, 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 I don't think – Minnesota's as good as their record. I felt that for a while they're starting to come back to the, uh, to the pack. It's, it's not going to happen for, for, for Dallas this year. I, I, I don't, I don't understand like you, I don't understand Nashville yet and uh, why they're playing, they're playing so well, but uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't really see any reason why the, the Blues shouldn't end up in the, uh, you know, in, in, in the top three in the, uh, in the, in, in the division. Yeah, you know, you're just looking at some projections. Landing, you know, Nashville, Colorado, Minnesota look to be kind of safe, but the Blues and Winnipeg could be battling uh, there, and you know that uh, that fourth spot. Um, it's it's really going to be tight. It's what we said going into the season. It's going to be injuries and things like that that separate who win because there's not a whole lot separating uh, the Central Division. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I have no, I've given up on Ryan Johansson in, in Nashville that way, but, and they've got to decide what to do with Philip Forsberg, probably just give him the money. David Poyle got kind of caught between, you know, got in between again, sort of a competitive retooling instead of a rebuild because he had two contracts he couldn't get rid of. Um, not even Arizona would touch those contracts, I don't think so. Um, interesting, interesting. Now, all right, last chance before the holidays, uh, guys, I've yelled and screamed some. Uh, JT, uh, anything irritating you? Uh, before we get off your chest before the happy holiday. I, I, I just, uh, I just hate that, uh, that you have to get tested entering and leaving <laughs> Canada. It's a big pain in the ass. Luckily, luckily there's a uh, testing place like two blocks from the hotel in Winnipeg. So that, that made it easier to scramble to, uh, to, uh, 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 get out of town. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just uh, happy to be alive. Happy to be, uh, <laughs> covering hockey and, and, uh, you know, covering a good team. Again, you gotta, you gotta realize where I came from, came from a, some, some terrible, terrible Rams teams for the uh, last decade. Nice to be covering a team that pretty much has a clue about how to go about, uh, uh, uh about their business. It's a shame that there are no Olympics. I, I was looking forward to that. I don't know what uh, Tom and I will be doing in February, but it uh, looks like we may have some postponed games to maybe cover in the, uh, in February, but life is good. Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I think back fondly of simpler times when things were so much easier on the hockey beat, when you could, you could talk to people and have conversations and walk around the, the dressing room and just interact. And because uh, we're looking at another season of uh, nothing but zoom calls uh, here, which is just not going to be uh, not going to be fun not, I would say not fun for us. The players, you know, probably aren't big fans, but they, they probably are easier to deal with it than we are like, Oh, you're not hanging around, but yeah, I, I, normalcy. Let's hope for a, a more normal 2022. Hey Tom, who was your, who was your guy? The, uh, the really smart Russian defenseman that you would, uh, you, you connect Alexander Havanoff. Havanoff. Yeah. Asha. Yeah. 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 See, I mean, you get you guys, you, how much wisdom you gain from all your interactions with him. And now we're just like, yeah. I was just thinking about Steve Martins the other day. He was a uh, Harvard grad and uh, playing with the Blues in some of their uh, less successful times. But he was a Steve was a great guy. There's all sorts of uh, just great guys uh, along the way that you run into that are fun to hang out with. Carter Hutton, yeah, Carter yeah. Hutton, yeah, yeah. All the times you're just hanging around with Carter Hart, Carter Hutton. But oh well, those miserable season, times. miserable season for Carter Hutton. <laughs> But, but still, hey, heck of a guy to talk to, and uh, yes. he'll have an interesting life after hockey. So there you go. Yes, he will. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for making time so close to the holiday. This has been our Pandemic Pause edition of the Netfront <laughs> Presence. A reminder that all of our podcasts can be found on our website and uh, at stltoday.com slash podcast. Uh, for Jim, for Tom, for the rest of the crew at the Post-Dispatch, have a great holiday, folks. I'll try to show up in a better mood next week <laughs> if we have hockey. Until then, see ya.